have a professional with us today, but <laughs> renowned not only for her comedic brilliance, but also for her candid and empowering presence mm. in the world of dating and relationships. We are so excited to welcome Erica Spera to the podcast today. Oh, uh, podcasting is a second is a second nature to Erica, <laughs> co-hosting both Finding Mr. Hyde podcast with her friend Allie Jackson and the engaging Shooters Gotta Shoot with Molly DeMiller. Demelia, yes. Demelia, I was wondering how to Demelia. say that. Welcome yeah. to the show, Erica. Thank you. And what a sincere intro. That's Thank so sweet. You Thank you for having me. My first one. <laughs> well, I feel like there's so much that we could talk about today, and we will. But first, I kind of want to touch on your comedy career. Oh, yes. I'm always really fascinated by comedians. So can you tell us a little bit of like, your journey into the kind of stand Oh, okay, world? yeah. I mean, this is always what everybody wants to know. Like, how do you start how do doing you start? comedy? Uh, and you and get stage fright or get over stage fright. So it's a weird thing of I always liked public speaking. You always have a little bit of the adrenaline fear of wanting it to go well. That's mm -hmm. what your fear is, is. I want it to be funny and people to laugh, not so much like actually speaking in front of people. But surprisingly, there's a lot of comedians that are very introverted and are terrified to speak publicly. And yet now they do it for a living. So it's an, I, exactly. It's a very, oh, I mean, you want to talk shooters got to shoot. I was like, people are so afraid to like approach people in public with dating. And I'm like, I have been getting rejected on the daily <laughs> for years just from comedy. So like a no doesn't scare me. Right. So that's the plus side of it. Um, yeah. In terms of getting into it, that always changes. Like my class of comedy was get, you have to get on stage and do open mics. Mm -hmm. You do open mics. That's how you get better. Better is you just do it. It's like if someone said, how do you become a surgeon? You just do surgery. That's how hard it is, and you just start there. But now, prior to trying to do it professionally and for a career, did people say you were funny? Like, growing up in school, were you like, oh, Eric is really funny? Yeah, I always liked being funny, too. Okay. So that's part of it, is, like, you have that joy of making people laugh. And me, myself included, comedians, any regular person, all know people that are hilarious in real life. But put them in the format of stand-up, and it's not funny. Yeah. And now the analogy for that especially is people that are very funny on TikTok, very funny on Instagram, and these like short little videos. And then they start doing stand-up, and you go to their show, and you're like, wow, it was really bad. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not the same art form. Yeah. So being funny and being a stand-up like comedian, even though kind of synonymous, are like obviously completely different things as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of podcasts I love, and I think people are very funny on mic on a podcast, but solo on a stage is just very Crits. different. It's very hard. I, I, I'm biased. I think that's the hardest form of being funny because it's never contextual. It's all you. Yeah. It's just you up there painting yeah. a picture. And when we went to the show the other day, when we left, I said, you know, what comedians do is literally the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Whether yeah, you're an actor or an athlete okay. going up there, because if you tell a joke and it doesn't hit, it's very awkward. Very awkward. A palpable yeah. sense of awkwardness. And the, the, way, the way either you come back from that or roll with it, it's very impressive. Um, and it's so unique to see how you could even get to the stage of saying, okay, I have this joke in my head and it's going to hit well with the audience. Mm -hmm. I Because you have nothing to do except for practice it on an audience. Exactly. So <laughs> you're going to fail sometimes. And a point you brought up was, you know, you go to a show and you'll see, especially in L.A., uh, and New York, you'll see more known comedians, more famous comedians. And I've gone to those shows before I was doing comedy and I'm like, wow, they actually were not that good. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize they're working on brand new stuff. Yeah. Like you're the guinea pig. And now comedians are more likely to say, I'm working on some mm -hmm. new shit. So don't be surprised. It's not amazing kind of thing. And they, it, it's a little bit of a cheat to be like, understand this is brand new. And people find that cool, though, as well. Even if you're like, wow, I don't find it funny, but this is very interesting to actually see this famous person like a dave chappelle yeah. fail 
or just like where the, you're like, watching, oh, the brilliance isn't there yet. Yeah. Or just watching the process of which. It's kind of like watching them work out jokes on stage. And if they prelude it with being like, hey, listen, this is, we're trying to figure it out, then it makes it more interesting, at least as a, as a viewer. Yeah. Who did we see? We saw Whitney Cummings. We saw... Um, I know their faces. I just can't think of their bloody names. Who's the, the short guy that, that he stutters oh. a little bit? Oh, oh Drew Lynch. Drew Lynch. I know him. Whitney yeah. Cummings. Funny. I knew him before he blew up. But yeah, really? he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Glaser. Nikki Glaser. So the lineup was great. Mm-hmm. And I would say out of the five of them... One person, she was openly practicing and, you know, wasn't hitting well. But the other four first were like, okay, are you guys a cool crowd? And but I think they were serious just to see yeah. like what they could test. Yeah. And they went real raunchy and politically <laughs> they got incorrect. Very politically incorrect, but like so fucking funny. But it was just hitting <laughs> the- so well. And you could tell that they were happy and excited. Like, okay, this is works. This works. This works. And like, okay, you guys are a great crowd mm-hmm. and you're really engaging. So it was really, really amazing to experience it all. Yeah, it's it's definitely an art because especially comedians that really push the line or toe right on the line so perfectly, you only learn that by crossing the line. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so this is where we often get in trouble as comedians is if someone's at that show that we're working on it mm-hmm. and then they go and write a blog or something or they go to TikTok or whatever and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe the horrible things they said. It's like, first of all, it's a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about it to be funny. <laughs> so we might fail. And then you yeah. run to a blog and it's like, again, it's contextual. It's like, it's only one person's point of view. Not everyone was in the room. Cause I've had stuff like I've sat on a podcast and people are suddenly like, Oh my God. And I'm like, all right. Like if you just look to be offended, then you'll find something to be offended. Sure. You're just looking to be offended. Well, it's like of that thing. So like if you're in the context of a crowd, so like sometimes when you go out and you're like doing material and you know, personally, it's fucking funny. It's killed at other places Yeah. or you're bringing it out. And then there's just a really particularly dull crowd. Does it ever deter you from wanting to like say, like to kind of perform those jokes again? Or do you just know innately that it's just a shit crowd? Um, well, that's part of the skill of being a comic is being like, do these jokes work everywhere? Yeah. Is one. Mm-hmm. But two, especially once you get big, so your demographic is like young women in their 20s that are single. Now you do a room that's 50-year-old people that are all married. Some of your jokes just might not hit because of references yeah. to dating. Like that's the most basic example <laughs> of like, oh, if it's about modern dating, they haven't done that. They've been married for 15, 20 mm-hmm. years, whatever. Similar to like, I've had friends that are only married like three years and they're like, oh my God, I don't even remember. And you're like, fuck you, you remember. <laughs> you remember, <laughs> you were just here. You're just like me. Um but there's an art to doing that and doing different um, groups of people, I think, is actually more important because it'll make you see what translates. Mm-hmm. And a big thing is actually when people uh, are big here and then they go abroad for the first time. Oh. It's very interesting to see, like, you, you won't even realize certain slang you use that the crowd just doesn't understand what the word was. There's a show. Said. There was a show on Netflix during the pandemic. I think it's called... Um, I was big in France or something. Have you seen that? <laughs> so, is it? Um, yeah. Oh my god! I think I know Gad Aldama. Is that the comic? Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. a big comedian in Europe, uh, and he comes to the U.S. and people are just like, "You're not funny." Fuck? And he's like one of the biggest comedians in Europe. <laughs> See, really? he actually still does well. But it's so funny. Uh, there's a story. He was at the Comedy Cellar. Goes on stage. Two French people are in the audience because they get international people freaking out <laughs> freaking out and then the rest of the room is looking at them like what the fuck and he goes and says she just goes yeah tell him tell him honestly tell i can attest to this is a couple of really like true i mean jim jeffries obviously is like a really big australian comedian but mm-hmm. this fellow named carl barron who is this like true blue quintessential australian the most australian accent ever and he tried to come and do a show in america tough uh, just Tough. straight over people's house because it's like the the references they were making were just so bloody Australian and so I yeah. can understand that. And I think I, I love when comedians put such a different comedic twist on obvious top talking points. Yeah. Whitney Cummings was talking about the trans community and her jokes were so funny and amazing just the way that 
She's like, all all straight men care about trans. Why do you care about trans? And then she was going into how women are so manipulative and play the long game with them. Yep. And she's like, all the trans women are not going to want to be trans once we get a part of them for five years. And it was just so funny. It was very funny. She did the that The way very, very she well. went around and worked right, it. Right, but that concept is very unique. It was so unique. Because if you really break down comedy across the board, there is only so many topics we can talk about. Right. So that part is where comedians often get in their head, and I do. And lately I actually have been feeling like, damn, all I talk about on stage is like dating and relationships and I, and I need some other material. But my first five years of comedy, I was clean. So I didn't talk about dating and relationships at all. I talked about like my family and whatever I could from life. So now I'm at a point where I'm like, I kind of want to marry the skill I have of a better performer and writer and tackle topics that I actually think are somewhat boring, yeah. but find the thing in it that's funny and unique to me. Like every comedian has a bit about like weddings or marriage. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like everyone doesn't, but they're all different. So yeah. it's the key is like finding the different thing. And that's why also these like TikTok comedians and Instagram comedians don't translate well because TikTok is all about copying the trends. Mm -hmm. And I only find a TikTok person impressive personally when they'll take a sound that say is viral and the text that they make is unique to them and different. But so often I see everybody literally copying the same exact <laughs> and jokes. And I'm bad at TikTok because I sit there with my comedian brain and go, I'm not supposed to copy. I'm supposed to create new. Yeah. So if I see the trending audio or whatever trend, if my idea, I've already seen eight other people do it, I think that's like stealing. Right. Because the comedy world, if you did that, if you stole the premise, even though you had a different punchline, people will come after you as a stealer. And then your career is fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think TikTok and Instagram... All these, the, the new generation of people coming in, even for modeling, you you were telling me like you were a high fashion model. You had to really work your way in to get there. And now you have all these Instagram models who they just sit in their mm -hmm. room and take selfies. And oh, oh can I say my favorite videos? Oh, my favorite videos are showing the, you know, stars of Haley Bieber and fucking Kendall Jenner and whoever, right? Who model. And I'm not saying they're not beautiful enough to model. They're pretty good. But when they go video of them walking down the runway and then immediately a model model walking down the runway <laughs> who's actually been doing it for 10 years. Who's been trained in it. Drastic difference. <laughs> and you're like, damn, and as someone who can't walk in heels regardless, <laughs> I was like, I was impressed with Kendall Jenner, but then when I saw the real thing, I knew, oh, See, and there I is a privilege here to just her fame. And I would think the exact same thing about like a TikTok comedian versus yeah. a real comedian, you know exactly. what I mean? And it's like, I think that's that feeling of like a, an artist understanding like what's true and what's kind of like a replica. Mm -hmm. I think like any creative industry now, Jocelyn and I were just talking about it, so overly saturated. Yes. Purely because of this repeatable kind of blueprint that's down there. Something's funny. One subset of people on the internet think it's funny. Then 10 other subsets are going to think it's funny, you know what I yeah. mean? Because it's kind of directing towards your audience. It's also a level of professionalism. Like you take top athletes, top models, top comedians. Mm -hmm. You're in state. You, the thing that makes them so amazing is that you could fail in a second. And we're seeing, okay, are you great enough to not fail? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to fall on your face in front of the whole world? Whether you're walking down a runway, telling a joke, or shooting a shot to win the game. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what makes greatness and um an area of expertise so unique and mm -hmm. that's why people like to watch and pay for it and what's similar in those industries right is like there's so many models i could name that i know by name but those are the most like just famous ones Hot there's still so many working models that make more than enough money <laughs> oh, yeah. and don't have to deal with like that fame aspect and in comedy there's the same thing there's all these comedians that could do like corporates all this stuff or just sell out their own shows and have 300,000 followers on Instagram even a million <laughs> but still not everyone knows who they are where they're yeah. like I work the markets that know me I make my money and like I'm happy yeah. Yeah. like I don't chase the fame 
Well, it's, it's not an aspect of, of their career that they're, they're necessarily tied to, right? They're like, I want to be able, I want to be able to do comedy. I want to be able to make money and pay my bills, but like, I don't necessarily need to be a certain level of fame. Well, that's a part. I think it depends how long you've been in the game. Mm. Where some people will always be fame chasers. They are truly famous, and it's never enough. Especially in this. But place. I see those people, and it's kind of nice that I get to see those people and see that they're not happy. Mm. And I'm like, oh, you're just never going to be satisfied because they're complaining about stuff. And I'm just sitting there looking at them like I would kill to have your career level. Right. Like yeah. there's always someone that would kill to have your level. And some of the athletes, it's like there's practice squad people yeah. that are making a great living, but they don't actually get on the field. But who cares? Right. Like they took the skill they had and it got them like farther than so many other people. The percentage is like, what, one percent? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I would say human population 0.001%. Yeah. Right, cuz but it is a game of like do you accept the level you're at? Do you keep pushing to make something happen? Yeah. Cuz I'm a full-time comedian right now, but I am the least famous of like all of my peers. And I am happy though. And then I'm like, "Oh, does that mean I actually don't really want what they have?" And it makes you kind of question No, I think it's what beautiful you have in your to be level. happy pr pursuing the level. It is, but it's such a hard life and such a grind that it's more like when you see your, your friend like sell out a theater for the yeah. first time yeah. you're sitting there partly self-doubting of you go will i ever actually be good enough to do this and then the second question is not only good enough but actually have fans because i could name 20 50 comedians that i think should be selling out theaters and are that good but some reason their social media stuff isn't hitting they don't have the million followers even 100k followers and it's so frustrating for me to see because I'm like, I think that comedian's 20 times better than I am. And you see them struggle and you're like, damn, like, yeah. what is the formula? And the sad truth is there's just there's no direct formula. Well, I think I mean, I'm no expert, but I would say um, keep as long as people keep going with a combination of a little bit of luck. Yeah, it is. It's like eventually like if you're good, you're good. So mm -hmm. if, if you do it for 20 more years, you're just going to keep getting better and better. And then you'll get luck here and there. And if you get the right luck then that's it. And I think a lot of people give up. Yeah. Or honestly, a, a lot of the people I've seen quit about five years in were some of the funniest ones because they know it. They're like, I'm talented, but nothing is coming from this. And they make a pivot. And to be honest, the whole comedy community is always like, good for you. Like <laughs> it's so hard because it's such a, you've put so much time in mm -hmm. that every year you kind of have that thought in the back of your head. Like, but what if this is the year? Like what but if this is the that year way. that you'll hit? You have to. You know, to you have way. to. So you it's it's to. an interesting it's just an interesting combination really with anything that's like entrepreneurial is like yes. oh yeah. Is this gonna take off? Is it really gonna hit? You know, but it's I, I do think it's both good to have like reassessment points. Like I started and my reassessment point was gonna be ten years. Mm -hmm. It was gonna be like put this first over everything. Like I didn't take certain job promotions because it would be too many hours, like I literally would kept myself at a certain level with jobs to just make sure I could do comedy and put comedy first. And so I'm about to hit my 10 years and I was like, do this full speed, 10 years, as much as you can hit the 10 year and then say, okay, what is my life? What do I like? What do I not like? What do I want to change? Like, am I happy to do this, say another five or another whatever? But I think it's good and realistic to like have those check-ins and those checkpoints. For sure. Because it's, you know, you at least want to feel like you have some control over it, even though you kind of don't. <laughs> but I would say <laughs> the, that makes the, sense. the people who quit in the five-year mark or the three-year mark, they're probably thinking about it every day. They're probably thinking, shoot. Uh, oh, my, they usually go back to a few Yeah, my life's not as good they or as, as stable as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I wish it would have happened if I didn't take that two-year gap off or if I just kept going and kind of thinking, this is going to be the day, this is going to be the year. Um, yeah, and I think... I mean, I think everybody's wired very differently, 
but Mm -hmm. I'm wired and I think most comedians and entrepreneurs are wired in a way where if you did it for 80 years and you died, it's like, well, I was really happy doing what I wanted. I didn't work for anybody else. I kind of lived out my passion and maybe I wasn't good enough, but at least I lived the life. Not good enough, but it's like obviously seeing there's like there's so many different factors that go into oh, being is, a successful yeah. comedian nowadays. And you're just talking so heavily on the social media aspect. Like you know how many comedians that are phenomenal at what they do and probably should be in the highest ranks, but they don't have a handle on how to promote themselves socially. Yeah, and that's such a massive currency nowadays within any creative realm or any any realm of life in general that you're trying to sell something. But I think certain things make you think, like, how much do I really, like, love the game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know comics that they've done corporates, cruise ships, like, all these gigs that pay the most money, colleges, but they're often the worst shows. <laughs> so it's really a gamble, like, is the show actually good? Is it not? But that's why they pay so much money is because mm. they're the hardest groups to perform on. And also, like, you're on a cruise ship in where the crew lives, and it's not glorious. Just, like, a tiny bit It's not. Pressure. You're not supposed to, like, mix <laughs> with the ship. It's very, like, isolating and lonely. So when you have those gigs, that's when you really sit there and go, how much do I really love performing mm. and doing this so much that like the mental cost or the physical cost, whatever it is, is like worth it yeah. at the, the self, same time. The amount of self-motivation, kind of a la an entrepreneur, that you would have to have to continuously push past like moments like that where you're like mm. taking the paycheck from the cruise line because you know it's going to be good money and it's setting you up for X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. versus like the love of going into like a, you know, an actual club and... Yeah. Doing like that's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, you have to be a little delusional to chase like any dream. Crazy. You do. You have to have a little bit where you go, I could do it. Yeah. Or I'm as good as the people doing it. So that blind faith in yourself, I think, is a really like yeah. it's a it's a very specific skill. So speaking on love <laughs> and transitioning a little bit, um, Allie and Finding Mr. Height, mm-hmm. and then also Shooters Gotta Shoot. When did those start and how did that transition go from kind of comedy to dating and building that podcast? Um so Comedy world, podcasts are kind of hand in hand that it's another way you can maybe grow your audience or relate to your audience and it's another form you can be funny, right? So Shooter's Gotta Shoot, uh, I started it's uh, I think a little over three years now. Or it's about to be it's about to be four, I think, actually this fall. Oh happy anniversary. Which is exciting. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. So my co host Molly actually doesn't do the show anymore. And it's partly due to she wasn't a comedian and she hit the point with her career. Her career was really taking off. And it it's basically she made so much money that it was like the amount of money this pod would have to make that then gets split into two people mm-hmm. for it to be, <laughs> you know, make sense for her to quit her job. But interesting, the pod led her to working for a podcast company oh. and she loves it and she's killing it. And it's like, you know, everything's meant, everything's meant for you, Thank right? You, Your Molly. pet's going to work out. It's going to, she's killing it. She's great. And there's no hard feelings. It just was like, I don't think it was worth her time anymore. Um, so we both started that pod though. The premise of it was, we had done our whole 20s. We were almost turning 30. And it was like, okay, we've actually never really tried to date. Like actively put energy <laughs> into dating. You know, What I does do that the, mean? Like the effort of a dating app would be I'd download it. I would be on it for three weeks. Maybe go on one date. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, who cares? And it's also because you're young. So you're like, I got, I got time. Yeah, plenty right? of time. And that's why I hate the advice that's like, just keep doing what you want to do. Do what you want to do and the person will come. I'm like, I did that in my whole 20s <laughs> and the person didn't come. So, you know, like anything in life, I go, well, let me look at what I'm doing mm-hmm. and maybe there's something I could change or maybe there's something I can prove. Like, I'm not opposed to like a criticism or a critique. So we read and tried methods from like every dating book, every like YouTube video we could find that was like, I'm a dating coach. This is what you should do, you know? Um, and so some of the things I took from it were good. And some of the things I took were like, mm, that doesn't work for me. Um, but really it was to challenge ourselves of like the, we're successful in our careers. 
And we work towards that, but why not work towards dating? Being successful in, in dating as well, yeah. At least trying, right? Because uh, that's why I hate the, oh, it'll come when you least expect it and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I, I think part of that's true with the luck part. Because even the people I know that met online, it still was luck. Mm. You know, it's like all my friends are on Hinge. You know, this percentage have met their partner through Hinge or whatever. The other percentage of us are still single. Mm. So you can't say Hinge works or Hinge doesn't work yeah, based no on like data answer. alone. Exactly. I, right. think, I think the main question for everybody is what they actually want. And I think most people in their 20s have no idea. And That's when true. they go out, they're like, I, I kind of want a boyfriend or I kind of want a girlfriend or I just want to have fun. I'm working on my career. And I think dating is so specific that you have to know what you actually want. Because if you actually want to be single, just ride it. And if something great comes along, mm -hmm. then that's really amazing. But just this is ride such a male lens right here, by the way. Is Thank it? You. I love if you're like, you just, you got to decide if you want a relationship and then, and then you'll get one. I'm like, bitch, I am, I am. get the I don't fuck out of my face. Hazen sometimes does come <laughs> through like a, a very male, no, very heavily I, male perspective. I'm not shitting on it. It's it's hundred percent. This is how every man thinks. Yeah. And that's how I thought. And it wasn't working. Okay. <laughs> Where it was like, yeah, if I meet someone great and it works out and we date, cool. You know, I'll have fun in the meantime. Want to hook up with someone cool. But like, I only asked No man has ever been like, I am dating intentionally That's right true. Now. That's true. But I would say- no, Starting to do this, we get a lot of women saying, you know, can you help me find a boyfriend this that? And I would, I would genuinely ask them, do you, do you actually, are you ready in your life to have one person and like work with that person to like see where it goes? And the most of them, were just so most of them, well, well, just let me prove because a lot of women came and be like, I'm, I'm intentionally dating. I'm looking for a man. Yeah. I'm looking for a partner. Like, this is what I want. And these are the steps I'm going about. And Joe would be like, well, but like, are you, are you ready to make space in your life wholeheartedly? And for their a response person? was all the same it was well i i kind of want a guy who like lets me do my thing who just they just listed these things and i was like okay so you're putting all these parameters which is fine but it seems like they're parameters that mean you're you actually are not fully mm -hmm. ready Engaged to meet somebody because yeah. they they were just coming and saying like i'm really ready to meet someone and i was like okay that's that's a big step mm -hmm. but they, they weren't no, see, I wouldn't say they weren't. I think men, women, regardless of gender, regardless of who you date, it's very when you meet someone you actually like and are excited about, mm -hmm. you break your own standards and rules. Every single yes. fucking any, time. Any, Every that's time. why people go, what are your dating rules? I'm like, I only have maybe three fucking rules that I like actively stick to, <laughs> right? And they're all rules that like rarely are even scenarios that come up like who pays for the first date, <laughs> right? I got shit recently. I was like, the man pays. And I've had so many men being like, but why? But why? And I'm like, bro, do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying for my own personal I was like, life. that's my opinion, and I wouldn't go on a second date with you. Like, that's Which it. Which is fair. And also, it's like, people were attacking me, and I'm like, this has only happened to me maybe four times. But the trend I noticed was, oh, if a man asks me to split the bill, guess what? He doesn't ask for a second date. So when men want to go date you, they often will just pay for the and first date. And it's your, your opinion and your life. It's do not that, even do a want. conversation. Exactly right. But any, like, dating person I've, like, interviewed or seen or whatnot, with whoever they end up with, there's some fucking rule they broke. Oh, yeah. There's oh, always hardly. a rule they broke or a little, like, standard they, like they wavered multitude on. multitude of them. And it's like we, we talk about this quite often. It's like everybody goes into the dating scene when, you, when you're single it's with this preconceived notion of who you want and the, the, this list mm -hmm. of things, right? 
But the reality of who you actually end up with, like, love you to death, but, like, there are a couple of things about him that I never in the ma- million years <laughs> would have imagined myself with, you know what I mean? In the most beautiful oh. way. Like, he watches sports all weekend. Yeah, that is a complaint most women You know say. what I mean? Yeah. But, I like, sports winners just always on. I've just never, I've never knew that sports were on that much. And then every man's like, this Bravo TVs are always on. I didn't know there were <laughs> like, so many groups of housewives. No, we had uh, to keep up no, no crime, crime. But you know what I mean. Something true crime. True crime is all day on the phone. True crime. But it's just, I think it's things like that, and that's when people go into the dating scene thinking to themselves that they're going to tick off every single one of those check boxes it just leads to failure it's no. never it's never ever going to end up that well way. most most matchmakers and stuff will say that actually do set up people for a living will be like okay give me your three deal breakers like your absolute three deal breakers and it's usually like do you want children yeah. if you're very religious and want someone religious yeah. or same religion or same race right that's usually number two and then the third is like <laughs> you know dealer's choice so it's like uh one person i'm forgetting who it who it was I feel like it was Matchmaker Maria because I like her stuff a lot. Oh, she's so I great. feel like this friend is what she of, said. Friend of the app. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she said, it's like, here's your must-haves. And let's say five. Let's say you can do five. And then would like to haves is like the other would 10 things. Have, I like that. But it makes you be like, okay, what really is important? Mm. However, this list thing is still something I feel like men don't, never fucking do or get pushed to do. Did you have a list? Uh no, so this. Yeah, so, see, no. So, so, so wait, so no. I'll, I'll say well, this. Point Steve two did. things. Two, yeah, Steve's an anomaly. One for Erica, everybody. Um, well, I'm saying like your friends don't sit down and go, buddy. You gotta, you gotta, you know, lower your. You gotta settle a little bit. You know, you gotta. Don't put anything that has to do with physical attraction in the must-haves. That's not what matters. You know. I would say yeah. Ugh. A guy's perspective is totally different, and I can never speak to a woman's point of view. And. I guess when a guy meets someone who makes him feel a different way, it scares him, but then it makes him think, okay, eventually I'm going to need to get married. Eventually I want to have kids. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Do I pursue or do I not? Um, and we, I, men think they have physical types. They really do. I, when I, when I first met her. Most, I think most people do a little bit. Yeah. Well, like growing up in Staten Island in New York, mm-hmm. you're around shorter Short brunettes with big boobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I guess and loud, <laughs> very loud. Yeah. And I guess that's just innately what you're around, so you're attracted to it. And she was the opposite. She was tall, blonde, very mm-hmm. skinny, and I was no boobs. And <laughs> and uh, it didn't matter. I'm very loud though, so that kind of ticks off to something. But you're right. But I did have checklist things that, as you get older, they don't matter. And I would say now, if I was giving anyone advice, like a guy, I'd say, if someone makes you, if you're attracted to somebody, just general attraction. They're really nice to you and you have a good time with them. You should pursue that until something drastically changes yeah. and, and to where you're like, you know what? It's not for me. Yeah. But this is the <laughs> difference. The difference between men and women. You look good. You're nice. We have a good time. <laughs> and that's all it is for yeah. men. Whereas women is like this 20 page fucking thing. No, no, no. I'd say, there's an, I'd say there's an immediate three. I'd say there's an immediate three. The, the nicest is up there. 100%. Right. 100%. Good job is what we swap with attractive. Okay. When you That's talk fair. to your female friend. It is true. That's okay. the number one thing. Because I mean, everybody attractiveness level is there, but like job definitely outweighs attractiveness level. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so interesting of getting set up by people. I'm very like I've been actively now telling people, like, hey, if you know anyone, I am happy to go on a date with them. And they ask me, What are your requirements? And I'm like, that you think they are great. That you would be very happy to find out I end up with them. That's it. That is all I am saying. Because I hate people who come to me and they go, Well, I don't know any tall guys. I go, so? <laughs> Like height's not a deal breaker for me, but I'm trying to be more open-minded because I agree of like, at the end of the day, and Matchmaker Maria says this, like if yeah, I'm pregnant and I have to have an emergency C-section like she did, she's like, do you think I was sitting there going, oh, thank God my husband's six five. 
you know, like, it's, it's so funny you say that. It's, think about. it's so funny you say that. But like, even to this day, and this might be out of controversial. Uh, maybe, but there's there's a lot of beautiful people in the world, right? Yeah, there is. And just as human beings, we think, and especially in LA, you see a lot of beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Every day, I, I think when I have kids, when I'm sick, the way I get treated, how amazing Hannah is, that stops my thought immediately. Into like, if there's a pretty girl walking down the street, I'm like, yes, there's a very beautiful woman walking down the street. But if I was to even inappropriately entertain that for a second, I could lose literally a perfect life. Yeah. And it like you halts you right away. And works yeah. Like that. she's going to be the most amazing mother, the most amazing wife. And she's still the most beautiful oh. person. So, so it's like, Thanks, guys. it's just like, <laughs> what a fun third wheeling pod. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, that's just what's important. Right. To me. But, but what's interesting is anytime I've had a guy set me up or mention a friend and I've done the group scenario, you meet them and afterwards they're like, so what do you think of so-and-so? And I'll, and I'll be honest and I'll say, you know, to be honest, like he's not really my type. I'm not initially super attracted to him. I said, but I really like talking to him. And they yeah. go, oh, okay. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I, no, I'll go out with him. They go, you said you weren't attracted to him. I said, I will still go on a date with him. And they are so confused. They're like, but why? But you don't find But is there an an emotional attraction or intellectual attraction? I like talking to him. But this is the difference between men and women is women are raised and told to be lenient on the attractive and that it can grow. And men are very much, it's like, look, if he's not attracted to you first date, like, that's it. Like, don't. Ask me to split the bill. Like, to set up with a woman, you'd be like, show me a picture. Like, that really would be all you'd want to know to say yes to the date. But I would say for a second date, there would have to be a deep intellectual attraction like deep when our first date it was so we were so aligned intellectually and like our conversations were so in-depth i was like okay i could talk to her all day every day you should be excited for the second date on multiple levels and if it was just looks me i'm i I was never like that where i was like okay this woman's so beautiful and there's nothing here but because she's so beautiful let me go on a second date because pause you've never gone on a second date with a girl that you didn't feel a such deep connection emotionally with first day. No. But I mean, I think I'm sure bullshit. I have. I think it's bullshit. We have all dated people that were fucking beautiful. I'm just going to do this, do this right Fucking here. beautiful <laughs> and so attractive. Because even I've done that. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not but saying even it, I've but, done that, but like, I've definitely done that. Where Everyone it's like, has. It's like a beautiful man. Like something yes. visually stunning to look at, right? Not yeah, the not sharpest you. tool in the shed. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sharpest fucking tool in the shed, but yes, hell yeah, I've gone a couple of dates because it was gorgeous to look at. Yeah, maybe like to sleep with them, and it was like kind of known. Like not even go out. You hang out with them multiple dates. Like you just say, I've never gone on a second date with someone who I really didn't feel like, you know, was really there, but was so hot. Bullshit. We've all done it, and I think that's a lesson (laughs) you need to learn in your twenties. Because I've had that walking down the street with a six six dude who's fucking fine as hell, and just being like, "Look what I got, huh? Look what I got." <laughs> like, you know, that was my version of like the man holding the fish. I was like, "Look at this," <laughs> and it's like the whole time I knew I'm not marrying this guy. Like, I really liked him. We had a fun time together. I wouldn't say there was like nothing there, but like, how okay, nice maybe, was maybe it? You're cool? thinking as me in my thirties, not you know, in my twenties. Like, <laughs> yes, I just you're probably not looking, thinking yeah. of the younger version of yourself. But there's been a handful of guys. I'm like, I've bagged some fucking hotties, <laughs> but like. There wasn't really something there. There wasn't real love. What? He was just hot. Do guys treat you being funny the way that women treat men being funny? Like they're more attracted to them? Yeah. Like obviously Mm -hmm. if a guy's funny, I feel like a woman's really attracted to that. It's pretty high on on a lot of female um, checklists is being being funny. Yeah. Some girl I just talked to recently said something of like uh, her 
one one of her deal breakers is a guy who isn't funny. And I was like, girl, come on. Funny is There's not many of us. Uh, I am not funny at all. I well, disagree. You're goofy funny. Sorry. I'm like dad. I'm dad joke yeah, funny. Dad so funny. men and women, when surveyed, both say like sense of humor is in their top like five things they want in a person, right? And when women say it, they mean a man who makes them laugh. And when men say it, they mean a woman who laughs at their jokes. Mm. I think both have the definition wrong. Sense of humor, I think, is you laugh at the same stuff. Okay. Like, I, I should be laughing with you a lot. Like, I would hate to watch a movie or something like that. And not saying this will never happen with who I end up with. But, like, how great is it to, like, put a movie on and both be laughing? Yeah. Yes. So that to me is having same sense of humor. We're like, we find the same it. shit funny. Never thought about like that way. Like 80% so of the time. I could see men doing that. Just you being know? like, I just want you to laugh at my jokes. I want you to think I'm funny. <laughs> right. But like a good date is improv. It's not stand up. It's not, I make you laugh or you make me laugh. It's we are laughing together and piggybacking off each other the way you do with your friends. Yeah. Like I don't go to dinner with my friends and go, wow, I'm, uh, they're laughing at me. I'm, I'm killing this. I'm killing <laughs> this hang. Right now. You know, this friendship. I got this friendship in the bag. You know? okay. I, I wonder if she'll come over, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to have extra abs from laughing at. Um, what, have you ever dated a comedian? I have, yeah. How did that experience go? Uh, it ultimately didn't work out, but it's, a, it's interesting. I've seen it work out a lot. Yeah. And I've seen it completely blow up a lot because I think it's very easy that it will feel competitive, not in the sense of laughing together. Mm. Uh, that's just the part that you, is great. It's career wise. I was about to say there must be, cause it's like, there's no, there's no real like a, you know, a female comedy lane and a male comedy lane. It kind of intersects with each other. Correct. Like there's no, yeah, it's to a certain extent. It's basically like you both have to have no ego and it's very hard in comedy in general for like one person, even your friend to like get an accomplishment and you don't, you don't at all feel this. Why not me feeling? Mm. Uh, but sometimes with men and women, you'd think it'd be easier because you could almost lie to yourself and be like, oh, they weren't looking for another woman. So that's why he got it. Or they were looking for women. That's why she got it. But if you say those things out loud, it also like tears down the other person. Like, well, you only got that over me because, because of, of your this. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this might be a controversial thing, but it's very, very rare that I see comedy couples work out where the woman is more successful in comedy. Mm -hmm. It's very, very rare. I think men are a lot more sensitive to that. Now, do you believe that it's because the male ego is a little touch well, more fragile than the female? <laughs> yes, and also because men are kind of raised, women want a funny guy. This so, right And I'm not <laughs> saying there aren't any couples that the woman is more successful and the guy is totally fine with it. Like, I think it's tough for all of them when one is being more successful than yes. the other. But in terms of seeing them work out of who gets married, I, r I really can't name any except like one. Mm. that it worked so yeah. i kept having comedian relationships fail and then i was looking around me being like yeah this is this is gonna be hard but i think it's more hard from the like you're both people that are in front of the camera and i think those relationships work with one person's in front of the camera person one person's behind the camera mm -hmm. person so like a comedian with a writer is kind of this perfect like oh, mesh yeah. where it's like yeah the writer's writing the show and you're like the quote in the show yeah and you're both doing what you love and you're both killing it and there's like not this desire because so many female comedians I know, and this has happened to me, go on dates with people. And then immediately they're like, you know, I always thought about doing stand up. Oh, God. And I'm like, you know, that's fucking insulting that you said that to me. <laughs> but I actually just say, then do it. That's all I say. I'm like, well, then do it. Don't to speak about <laughs> it. I go, do it. And they're like, yeah, is it easy? I go, so easy. Do it. 
But, you know, how but it's this thing I'm like, you fucking won't, that? you liar. You're yeah. 36 <laughs> and you never did it. Like, do it. How many times have you heard that? Like, All the time. Oh, my God. All the time. That must be ins- I never really thought about, like, the level of insulting that must be. It'd be like, oh, really? You think you can do what the fuck I've done for the last 10 years? Like, and cultivated that shit? Like, yeah. It's not like you just get up there and start All being funny. Well, it's even worse. They go, you know, people always told me I should model. Okay. Try to do it then. Yeah, like, I think. Give her a go. You know? All unsolicited advice or feedback like especially with the app people are like you know what you should do you should do this with the app and i'm like all right like did you do that with your app and they're like well i never made an app i'm like okay oh, well, it's like, like oh, thanks well, i had an idea for a dating app once it's like okay <laughs> yeah cool. did you or or like oh your app's good but it could be you could do this with it and i'm just like yeah See, like, that if I, I don't hate well because it's like I hey, ask, here's a suggestion but if i ask oh yeah if you don't like if I, like like right now if i was like hey nice to see you Eric, and you're like this is what you should do with your app i'd be like like, well, what you? kind of context is <laughs> right? that? Like, if you said, hey, I was using the app and, like, this is a feature I really think would be great. Like, what mm-hmm. do you think about it? I'd be like, oh, that's amazing. Like, thank you for the feedback. But okay. I feel like a lot of people are just like, yeah, it's cool, but it, it could be better this way. And it's like, I didn't even ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, can we play a hypothetical for, with dating apps for yes, a second? Do I think yes. this might be perfect for yes. both of you and you running I was just about to ask you about dating apps. So let's go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, perfect. No, go. Okay. <laughs> uh, someone asked me this once, and that was a very fun question of, if you could make something mandatory on an app that people had to have on their profile, that was an honest answer about something, or I don't know, some change to the dating app profile, mandatory, it's there, what would you add to it? But this we can be in fantasy world. If you, ha- well, having a good. If thing you about had this. to have something mandatory. So one thing I said. Yeah, give me. A- was yeah. I was like I think a lot of women would like if there was somewhat of an Uber rating system, <laughs> that women that went on dates with you could just give you a ranking. <laughs> so so a lot even of people if they didn't want to date you, it's like oh he was so nice. Like well, just okay. like, you know? let me but, like, let me dissect that okay. because <laughs> no no no. <laughs> No, no, no. Let me tell you, you why. You should do that on your app, no, let, me, let me tell you why it won't work. It sounds good in theory, but dating is so hot and cold that you could have a great date with somebody and take something too personal that's not an indictment on that person, and you could change their rating. No, see, this is male lens right here. But also, see? maybe we could switch it around where, like, yeah, and maybe like maybe this is a little bit like too soft, but like you only have positive things on there in terms of the rank. Okay, you so there's a dating app. Right? I, I like I like man. plugging yeah, yeah, other yeah. dating apps. There's this dating app called Hula, and how Hula works is oh, like women endorse their male friends. Oh, I've heard of this. This is new. So that's kind of an angle, but see, see, I think the rating makes both parties. It's like the way you get into an Uber. They are gonna rate me after this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna rate them <laughs> after this, and I think it just makes people be a little bit more. On, on their, their best game. behavior. Okay. So, and you can make it like, like she said, like categories you have to press. Yeah. Like they were very kind that like, you know, not arbitrary stuff. Like he said he was going to call me and then he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so, like, purposely tap okay, people so down. Since right. Exactly. Land, Give options good. like, oh, wow. They selected out of these 10 things. He got eight out of 10. Okay. So since people would say fantasy was, land, you know, I would say like if a girl was flaky, wouldn't you want to be able to check an app and go flaky? Yeah. Canceled the date three well, times. Yeah. With that being said, I would say I would want to see, and again, this is, this is a fantasy. Yeah, hypothetical. I would want to see oh, no. their, like a, like a, a job resume. I would want to see their dating resume, how long they've been with somebody, how many like individual dates they had in between relationships and kind of like a history. I mean, that dead, I don't think any person has. What? No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it's fantasy land. Or just have you had a serious relationship? It seems like that's like what you're you'd have at. to f- you'd have to honestly fill in. Okay, from okay. age 21 to age 35, this is my dating history. Okay, and 
how long I was dating this guy, how many dates I went on, <laughs> why this date didn't work, and like a thorough resume okay. because now you're fully aware of this person's whole history. Okay, the version of female for that is I want a list of how many friends he has. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I, a lot of men don't have friends, <laughs> and it's awful. Why? I want to be like, how if you had to put the, together a groomsman party. Of a maximum number of people. What's I mean, your max? No my max? How many real true friends yeah, 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 do yeah, brothers have. count? No. Mm, no. Okay, no, so I got, I, I got Ray. But I'm like, it's interesting that you put so much weight of like, has she? Has there been a boyfriend? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, I'm, uh, time out. That was because, not. Because your, my resume would be blank on the fucking That thing. was not time <laughs> and out. And I'd be like, well, here's my job resume for, and accomplishments. No, so no, this no, is no, why no. I haven't had a boyfriend. For context, this was not a man towards a woman. And also. No, it's in general. It was also. Just to see the history. I, I think having no history is fine. See, but what you said implies no history is not fine because I want to see the history. No, I'm saying if you if you're if you're 35 and your resume from 2035 is like never had a relationship and these are all your your dates. It's like, OK, I know that going to this, there's a there's a chance it's it's not going to go somewhere because this person probably doesn't want it to go somewhere. See, see, that's bullshit. That's what why. You're why? Because I haven't had a man actually call me his girlfriend. Even the men I was dating a few months that I thought that's where it's but going. But that counts. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, dating. Uh, listen, listen uh, but, you're, but you're putting it on me when the commitment. But you can do the same thing to me. No, no, no. See, I wouldn't because <laughs> okay. I don't think that matters, relationship resume. Because the commitment wasn't on me. It's not that I was afraid of commitment. It's that these men didn't want to commit okay. to me. So yeah, I'm so like, does no, that no make no the resume the that like I dated one guy and didn't fuck anybody else for three months? Like, does that... Is like situationship-ish, relationship lowercase like r. There's, there's a lot of you room know? within this hypothetical realm. What's where, yours? Where, you, hold you're on, playing, hold you're on. playing the good cop over there. Wait, hold on. We're both women. <laughs> we are both women. She's on my side. That's Sorry. exactly right. Now, I know you're married. Change yeah, up on the podcast. We're seeing more right of you and me, baby. Yeah. Um, honestly, like I like I'm trying to think of one that's better than the rating system, but it's not because that I think is such a fascinating way of going no. about it. And let me finish my thought. It kind of in a way goes, it ties into what you were saying, right? So it's like, you want this dating history and this rating system is basically like a, a dating history and then being like, okay, well, gone out in a de- couple of dates. Let's use Erica for an example, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking loved Erica. She was amazing. I just wasn't willing to commit blah, blah, X, Y, and Z. And now you've got this rating and be like, oh. You're playing it, both of you, in like the women are going to be uh, so unbiased and give like really nice feedback. That's you two. You're going to have well, all these like women said, who are going to rate men. But it's oh. like the way you rate an Uber. It yeah, doesn't give you, like, if you want to say negative, you have to submit a paragraph. Yeah. So there's a committee that gets to go, is this paragraph That's fair okay. to knock them down a peg? Because yeah. what if what if a guy on his profile has six foot, but he's 5'10", and it's, it's a two-inch two noticeable difference, and she's like one star. He was two inches off. Well then, but then like no, then, no. like you can't you can't do that in this. Okay, um, that's, a, that's a category. Yeah, okay. he, a category. he was the height he says he was. Yeah, okay. I either click yes <laughs> or no. Yes or no, and that's it. That's you know one of I mean? the ten. And then at least all of those women going forth being like, oh, he's lying about his. See, about his but, I, but I would even make it. Did he lie about anything on his profile? So I wouldn't even make it about height Ooh. because people lie about age. Many okay. other things. They That's lie fair. about where they live. I've had that. I've been duped by that. I live in the city. And then you go meet them. They go, I live in Jersey. You're like, no, you fucking know. You know? Like that, but it's a lie. It's true. You know what I mean? So anything you're lying about on your profile, I think, is a red flag. Yeah, I agree. But see, during this brainstorm session, we've made <laughs> we've come it to a work. general consensus. We've made it work. Honestly, I'm here to fucking petition the rating system in a, in a way that's cultivated in a... In a um, why you can't be like unnecessarily vicious, you know what I mean? No, I think vetting it through scenario. an approval process of like whoever runs the approval process. And let's say this: 
your rating only gets put on your profile after you've had 10 ratings. 10 dates okay. from the app or something something like that where it's like there's an there's an actual real pool here okay. you know what? to get a better you know average what, see see you don't just She's shoot down around. ideas let me just say something you work i i feel very humbled talking to two very intelligent women i feel a little bit on the hot seat so but because your resume thing this is what it's infringing on this question which if someone has not been in a serious relationship by a certain age is that a red flag depends on the guy I did see, well, I but i think you lean on the side of yes which is okay to lean that way but i guess someone like me who doesn't if believe i knew it is, her if i knew your dating history resume before i met you i would never want to date no, with I never you. see <laughs> so your idea is <laughs> trash I find, I find the ironic thing about this is the fact that you never had a serious relationship yeah. in your 20s I'd without won. me before me yeah you had one but that See? was in your very very early baby 20s you know what i mean so you didn't really have mm. like if i looked at your history truth be told if i had that resume like that little friggin resume and i'd been like this man hasn't had a serious relationship in eight years i'm looking for marriage i'm looking for all these things i probably would have been like mm. yep. all right you guys so bought no me your point that, that your okay. future is way better <laughs> <This> than mine <laughs> no but here's where this is interesting right this plays on female man male lens a little bit uh with this right so when it comes to dating, the advantage that men have, um, the advantage, sorry, let me start. When it comes to dating, the advantage that women have is we can have sex whenever we want. A huge okay? advantage. We can get laid whenever the fuck we Literally. want. I can go to a Dwayne Reed, a CBS. <laughs> like, I can go to a library and find some dick. Okay, <laughs> I can find the dick wherever, right? And that's the part that men always look at women and go, what do you mean you haven't gotten laid in a few months? You can go out tonight and get laid, right? That's, that's the I advantage. I like your man voice. That's the- I was going to say that earlier. The man voice, and it's it was so implying my voice before. I was like, wow. Well, right. That's pretty good. Right. So that's our advantage, right? We know that, okay? The male advantage is you can get into a relationship whenever you want. That's not true. There will always be some woman so happy to be in a relationship with you because women want relationships, men want sex. Yep. So that's where the power is shifted. So that's why we think your resume thing is trash for women, okay? It's not trash for men, which is the point she made. You were a red flag if we saw your resume. We're like, he hasn't committed, and the commitment part is typically up to you guys. And I'm still thinking about my right. um, bridal party here. Um, <laughs> He's like, can I call my friend's, friends? dad? Does my friend's dad count? Can I count him as a friend? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. We golf we sometimes. You know? Um... All right, so speaking of dating apps, like, are you on dating apps? Uh, I am, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Which ones do you mind saying? Um, I f- I'm, like, actively on? Mm-hmm. I'm t- I technically have a profile on Hinge, Bumble, and Tinder. And okay. I usually don't do, like, a bunch at one time. You but I currently have. <laughs> well, to be honest, I thought I moved to L.A., right? And when you're, like, moved to a new location, your shit pops off, right? Yeah. I'm brand new. I'm getting shown to everybody. <laughs> oh, look at me. Look at my Italian ass in LA. What? You've never seen me before, you know? Uh, and my hinge was uh, dead. And I even paid for the hinge X, oh. which was then just depressing. Because hinge X is like, we're going to make sure more people see you. And when you send a like, you're at the top. And I'm like, well, <laughs> LA does not like me. Like you know that. what hinge does, which I get a lot of that feedback, is their algorithm really, it's very humbling for people because it's like, it shows you people who they think that you would like, and it's like a big bucket of people mm-hmm. who like fit in your bucket. And a lot, a lot of people are just like, "Geez, I did not realize that I fit in this bucket," and they don't like it, which rightfully so. It's like, why are you bucketing me into this pool of people who you assume are yeah. like me? It's actually based on a a math theorem, and I do, I forget the name of the theorem, but basically, if you're new to an app, right, it indirectly gives everybody like a number on a scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. So you're new to the app, you're at neutral. And it'll show you to everybody. So if someone who's a 10 ranks you attractive, your number 
shoots up. If a number 10 says no to you, it's like, well, it doesn't knock you down that much. Now, if someone who's like a four says no to you, you get knocked down real And now this person being a four is like a staggered approach because they've had the same thing. They've like been through it already. So it's like when you're fresh. So basically like those first couple days you're on an app, there is someone a ranking they give you. And then you are correct that it will show you now people it almost thinks are in your league. Okay. Right. But at the same time, if you've done what I've been doing where I've gotten sick of them, so I don't open them for like weeks. The minute I open them, I see the most fucking attractive hot dudes that are my type because the app knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, we have hot people. Come back. Don't leave. Yeah. Come back. Isn't this so fun to see all these hot people? You know, like, what? And then all of a sudden after like 10 swipes, I'm like, and we're back. <laughs> and we're back to what Hinge thinks I should get, you know? All right. So out of all of those three dating apps, which one's your favorite? And then what are your like kind of common frustrations with a lot of the dating apps? In the same okay. Time? I mean, I think my number one frustration across the board is laziness on the mm. apps. Um, and I don't judge that hard if you open the question with like a pretty simple question, because I think most people are like, I'm messaging 14 people. I only hear back from three anyway. Mm-hmm. So we've all gotten a little lazy on that because I live my life by like, okay, someone might ask a boring question, but do I also give a boring answer? Yeah. Like two people recently were like, Hey Erica, how are you? Oh, so boring. Okay. Very boring. So right. Boring. But I'm like, you're a comedian. You can fucking can do this. this. <laughs> right. Show some sense of humor here. Uh, and cause we had the hurricane and I'll put that in quotes. Cause it was a joke to people from the East coast. Like, yeah. so, it literally is like a fucking joke. It's rain. Um, <laughs> I just replied. I go, well, I said, I'm one of the few survivors of the hurricane. So I'm doing pretty great. Right. I made it fun. And then I'm like, how's your week been so far? Do anything fun. They so I'll, I'll try to spice it a little bit. And then if I get back, like, yeah, it's been good. come on man like i'm trying i'm actively trying so i feel like laziness with conversation a little bit um but more so laziness with like bumble i think i see it the most where i feel like men are almost punishing women like "Mm, see how hard it is to start a conversation and i'm like you're punishing me for some women that talk to you that way i don't i'm not talking to you that way Mm -mm. so i have a rule kind of where i'm like i'll ask two questions and if you don't like throw something back to me or give me anything to work with, I just will stop. Very fair. I feel like you're the, you're kind of the same in that regard. Oh, like, well, I, I'm not really a big red flag, green flag kind of person, but... One yeah, th- it's just frustrating. One thing that I would always say is, if I was on a date with somebody, I always ask questions to like make that person, even if I'm not into them, just like, this yeah. is our time together, let me just make you feel like I care. <laughs> and if they... I don't expect the same amount of questions back because I do want to like court the women with questions, but if they don't show any interest in me and just like... Mm-hmm. All right, like I can't ask you 20 questions and just interview you. Like at least yes. let's have some no, dialogue yeah, here. Yeah, so, something, right? So, and and even with the app then making like the plans for the date is probably my other biggest peeve. And I have a friend recently that sent me a screenshot of a conversation with someone who is from LA, by the way, <laughs> from LA. So he's been around and oh, she's nice. lived here like seven years. And it's like, okay, so where do you think, you know, you want to go? And she's like, wherever she's like i live in this neighborhood like what neighborhood do you live in this okay Okay, maybe something in the middle he's like do you know any places and it's like bro have you even tried and she even said how about you find three and i'll pick from the three that's fair and he was like god you're putting so much pressure on me it's like this is this is not pressure wow that's crazy like it's shit like that that's like do you want to go out or do you not want to go out and i feel like men and women are both guilty of that where it's like we're all being a little lazy and stubborn and it's like but those two things is when i was in new york kind of building the concept of fresh rise on me i was always asking new york women you know what are your pet peeves about dating apps and they said those two things Mm -hmm. and that's why the two features that i think are most different are i don't even allow people to be pen pals and right and 
I think that's good. It puts a lot of pressure and you have to be really confident and like spontaneous to do it. But it kind of eliminates all the pressure to be like, okay, I don't have to really think of too many things to say. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was the main feedback I got was the plan. They were like, why can a guy just not just say, hey, meet me here. And that's it. That's Especially all I for need. a drink, yeah. Yeah, and so I think... I you don't need a reservation. We can just walk in. Yeah. And New York is so, oh, this bar's crowded? Walk five feet. Exactly. Another bar. Yeah, very, and I think, I think the chat box, it's not for everybody, but from, I think... Just people who are looking for a certain thing and are comfortable enough to just be like, hey, I'm just going to have a drink with you. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. I think it just helps alleviate some of that pressure. Well, I think that one of the yeah. things that I love about Black First Run to me so much is the planning the date aspect. Because I, every person I've ever talked to, man or woman, men are sitting there saying it's too much pressure. Women are like, why the fuck can't you just <laughs> pick a place yeah, for right. us to go for It's for the easiest thing. It's so simple. And mm -hmm. To women, it seems so simple. To men, it feels like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves, especially if they're dating, like they're actively dating in the dating scene. So they're going out and they ha might have to be doing this a couple of times a week. But having that element already set up for you, I think is really fantastic because then it takes away all of that pressure. It yeah. takes away all that frustration. And I've tried to have like a personal swiping filter sometimes when I get tired of apps where I go, swipe right, say yes. If this person asked you on a date immediately, would I would I go? In mm. Intentional dating, You know what I, I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that also is making me a little more superficial. I'm not going to lie. should be. Right? But the truth is, when I'm giving you a chance for personality, I want to see some personality yeah. first. Yeah. Right? Because I've also dated that way where I said, accept majority of likes that come your way and see what comes your way. Yeah. yeah. Like, be in your feminine feminine energy for a week and see, see what comes through. Right? And I, I think as humans, we kind of had to quickly adapt to dating apps because they came in so hot and heavy mm -hmm. that I think the stat is if you go 20 minutes, more than 20 minutes a day on a dating app, after the 20 minute mark, you're just all over the place and there's no real direction. So good luck. But if you spend 20 minutes intentionally liking people who you actually would go mm -hmm. on a date with, dating apps could be beautiful. Yeah. But I think with Instagram and social media, we treat dating apps the same way. It's like, I'm bored. Let me just swipe a little bit and see what happens. And then mm -hmm. you end up matching with somebody. And then one person's like, oh, fuck, I really didn't want to match with that person. You don't answer. And it's like, well, why the fuck yeah, did you exactly. match with me? <laughs> right. That's how I used to use like, dating apps. I'm that not going to lie. That I is was, how most men do. They yeah. swipe and filter later where they look yes. at the details later. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, damn, this girl like is a Republican and <laughs> like, you know, wants like never showers or whatever she writes on her profile. And <laughs> well, it's I like, like I, got... I matched with her, but I wasn't reading. I was right. just like, let me do this quick. Well, yeah. that's why Hinge. I'm, I'm a really big fan of Hinge in the sense that. We met on Hinge. Oh, nice. Mm. The app really does a good job of making you fill out as much as possible before you can even get a profile. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you're intentionally dating, you have so much more information than a Bumble or yeah. a Tinder and you know more of what you're getting into. And that's why I think they have such good success rates. So then you can argue Bumble and Tinder is who the person really is. Because if when you're on multiple apps, you'll see their hinge profile, which is like, oh, this is date me. And then you see it's Bumble true. and you're like, oh, this is what you really want. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't make you do that stuff. So it's like very telling if their Bumble or Tinder or whatever does not align with the app that makes you answer questions. True. Because you're like, oh, It's so fascinating. Okay. I never thought about that before. Because like back in the days of dating, you would see multiple people across multiple platforms. Yeah. And then you could, yeah, you can kind of sense like what. I had, uh, I used for. Bumble and Hinge. I, I, I you know did. what? I'm oh, sorry. Before I forget, there's a new Tinder feature that you actually might be interested in, and I know you just said people hate when you do this. No, no. But you, I found you, it. No, you got to pass. I, you know, I fucking know. But anyway, uh, they have a filter now because Tinder's trying to get away from people thinking it's a hookup app. You can filter out people that do not have bios. Oh. That okay. didn't write anything in their bio. Interesting. And I was like, see, that's that's already such a low effort that makes you go. That person at least is putting more effort 
than the majority of things. Oh, wait, I love no, that. No, I had a really weird fat about, a fact about Tinder the other day, and it was kind of gave me a bit of the gross oh. feels. Um, we were talking to the the lovely Piatrix, right? And they were talking about the fact that in in the last year and a oh, half, divorce men that. Tinder has had a resurgence, right? Because mm-hmm. it, at one point it kind of like really dropped in the rankings of, of things. It became like more of like a, a hookup app. Yeah. And it's, it's owned of, by Match.com now. Yeah, it's had mm-hmm. a resurgence. You need to wonder why it's had a resurgence? Uh, they have a new CEO and no. it's owned by Match.com. No? It's nothing to do with that. It's to, to, to do with the fact that a lot of married men who are now divorced, <laughs> Tinder was the only dating app that they were recognized um, and so they jumped back on it that does and, make sense and so it was just this resurgence of yeah. all of these married men or women who have gotten divorced and now jumping back on it because it's the only dating kind of and i'm sure it has it's, to do with ceo and rebranding as well but it was yeah, funny no, that but it is course. the most popular app like if you live in smaller towns yeah. you will have more people on tinder than other really? apps period it's always been that way because it was the first it was yeah. the first the most popular they, they, they are a stronghold you know on the dating app well, they are the number one they're there for a reason um but what's interesting, I have I know a girl that's a wedding planner, and she's like, when everyone says hookup app, relationship app, she goes, I do weddings. Majority of weddings are online people. No trend in the apps. It's Hinge, it's Tinder, it's Bumble, it's First Round Zombie. Uh, you know, what, like, but she's like, it's all of them. It's it's apps you've never even fucking heard of. Yeah, Plenty of Fish is this one. Farmers is this one. J-Date this one. Like There's she's so like, many. She goes, it's all online. So she's like, you know, don't scoff at any of them. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Millionaire Mashmaker. Hell yeah. yeah. She met her current guy on Tinder. Wow. In LA. And she said, I looked up what's the most used app, Tinder. She's also in that older demographic, right? And she was like, I got on Tinder. Why not? It's the most known one. And wow. she met a husband, you know? I mean, I, in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm like, I'm no science, dating scientist. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised, like, as we continue to grow, like, within the last five years and perhaps, like, the next five to ten years, that a majority of couples will have met. Through a dating app of some sort, well, also it's already thirty percent. Yeah, really? I was just gonna say, like, kind of has replaced so meeting through work. You're the dating scientist. Uh, I gotta look this shit up <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel intimidated because like usually it was work, so and now it's and now I believe it's thirty percent dating app, and the work percent went down. But also, work from home is now a thing after twenty twenty. So I'll be real interested to see what it is in five really, years. Really I think it's only gonna get. Higher. I feel really intimidated because this is like the first podcast I've done where the guests know so much more about dating <laughs> you than have a me. Wealth of information you can just feel like, like when some, you're some people about usually it. have like their you know niche and expertise, but you know literally everything about dating. And I'm like. He just schooled me. But uh, I read every you... embarrassing fucking book there is. <laughs> how to not die alone. Never sleep alone. Fucking why men love God, bitches. So I read depressing. it all. I've how heard, are you doing I've on heard, time? I've heard good things. Uh, uh, look right there. I've, we got doing? A, I've got a camera right here. What are you talking about? The timer. There's right no there. Timer. What's Oscar, what's the timer say? The fuck? Was there a timer? What am I looking for? Well, I was a little late, oh, so we definitely started after Oh, perfect. All right. We're good. We're really good. Um... <laughs> I was like, timer? What timer? <laughs> um, what, are, what are some common dating app like etiquette do's and don'ts that you would give advice to people? Oh, number one is have all your pictures be current pictures of yourself. Yeah. And like, it's the number one thing men do, especially mm. from my lens. I'm like, you are five different people in these fucking photos. <laughs> and men never take pictures of themselves, right? <laughs> so also I'm not anti like group photo. I know it also says don't do group photo. It's like, you just need to have enough that I know which one you are. Mm. Because we like to see that you have friends, right? So there's an interesting balance. But like, here would be my formula for anyone on a dating app is first picture is your face and smiling. Men and women, fucking smile, okay? I know we all think we look sexier, right? Not smiling. We think our eyes look bigger, whatever. Smile. It's friendlier. It's more approachable. Also, color is nice to have, okay? So first picture, you smile and face. Here's my face. Second picture is a body shot. And that doesn't mean you have to be in a fucking bikini. Just... 
here's my body. This is what I look like. like. There you go. I'm tall. I have a picture of me and my tiny ass friend. To be like, I'm tall. Okay, because men don't read your bio or your details. Okay, and I don't care if you're shorter than me, but I'm like, yo, I'm tall. And men that like my profile like that picture the most because they love tall bitches. Okay. Uh, third would be like something they could message you about. An activity, activity something, yeah. I'm in a different place, whatever, right? But for the most part, be smiling, activity, different location. But those are like, if you only had three pictures, do those three. Mm. Um, other etiquettes I want to say. Um, I don't think there's any etiquette on just unmatching people, and mm. that might sound mean. Unmatching? Yes. Like, say you have that thing, you match with someone, you don't really want to go out with them, they message you. If you want to unmatch them, fine. But there's also now many apps have the hidden feature. Just hide it. Mm. Just hide it, whatever. But some people will be like, that's so mean if you unmatch. I'm like, get over I it. I think it's actually better that you unmatch rather than just keep somebody in your inbox, like kind of like maybe feeding them a little bit yeah. here and there or, like, or not replying at all. I think it's so much better to just be like, actually, even if you don't say that, like, it's going to be like unmatch. You get the yeah. message being like, all right, sweet. On to the next. Okay. And then for prompts that you answer. I would show the sex that you're interested in dating, show a couple of them your profile and get their feedback because oh. both genders will write shit that I'm like, women will write shit about Bravo. And I'm like, men don't watch Bravo. Okay. <laughs> Same thing with men will be like, do you, do you watch sports center? It's like, we fucking really don't. Okay. <laughs> we really don't. So running that by someone also will weed out when you have answers that are like, yo, I see this on every girl's profile. Mm. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being basic. We're all basic at the end of the day, but it's like, don't just say I love pizza. Say, controversial opinion this is the best pizza place in la mm. boom we have a conversation started yeah. right <laughs> uh last one i'd say is you should only be on the app if you are going to meet somebody within a week if you are booked up for two weeks why the fuck are you on the app <laughs> momentum is everything honestly that's fantastic so you should only exchange a handful of messages get to meeting as quick as you can i know some people are not comfortable with that quick but if you're not i say then do a phone call or send voice memos, something yeah. that helps you feel more comfortable. But like, and I've been that person because you're on the app and then you have two weeks, you're suddenly back up. But like, if you join the app and you're like, ah, I got a wedding this weekend, I got this, blah, blah. What are you doing? And I think the best day to go out is like a Wednesday, Thursday, because if it goes well, hey, I want to see you again this weekend. Yeah. Momentum is everything. So you got to like, if you really want to date, you have to actually like make openings in your schedule and not book yourself too tight and Erica, i'm guilty of that Erica's our up. best guess of all time <laughs> honestly you're making this transition so fucking easy I for won. me me stepping into these shoes i'm like oh, yeah, we've had some fine. really great guests except this is what's funny is there'll be people show. listening going but this bitch is still single you know what no, no. <laughs> you know what you have a higher standard you want someone i am elevated. i'm trying I feel like you have a lot of information as well, and I th perhaps that's like sometimes intimidating to some men with the wealth of information that you know about dating. Well, it's more I don't like offer it, but I met someone through you, you guys know Cassidy Chaotic Singles yeah. Party, right? I met someone through there, but then he was like, even before we met, texting would be like asking my opinion and questions about dating stuff, and I'm like, bro, I'm not here to help you date. <laughs> like, like you're coach. supposed to be like there's supposed to be romance here. <laughs> I don't want to think about how you're going to another singles party like yeah. i don't need to know that like also didn't you date my friend weird. from uh did i the, the live podcast i did go on a couple dates with him yeah very he, nice he was guy. very fond of you like he right was, after the podcast he was he was a great guy he was i like, really felt bad like, i was dude, not do you know him. erica i was like i mean i just met her today <laughs> he's like i really well, like her i was like oh i mean we I, called him king of queens that was his nickname on the pod oh, <laughs> i never said a bad word he's so sweet he's, he's so really nice. nice and he's super tall but he's, he's yeah, a sweet guy tall guy very attractive like I very much was like, I would set you up with so many of my friends just because we weren't a match. But I, I really wish I, w I wish we were. He was really, really great. Yeah. And he was someone I was like, oh, I immediately knew he was into me because I'm like, you saw me 
on stage like doing my thing and you were still like oh, yeah that girl's cool she got personality even more as soon as i got yeah, the stage i was like you really got to see who i was actually <laughs> yeah you know? he um, ran right up to me wait was, i have to like, speak, as a fellow tall lady right mm-hmm. how tall are you I am 5'11". I'm just under six feet. Me too. Yeah. We're right around the same height. Mm-hmm. I, I personally never had an issue with it. I actually loved dating shorter people. I thought it was hilarious. And I loved wearing <laughs> I loved wearing massive high heels. I still do it to him. Like I wear fucking giant high heels and I'm like so much taller than him. Did you did you ever have any kind of like insecurities about it? Or has it always been something that no. we just like, fuck it? I mean, the last dude I cried over was shorter than me. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly I'm over it enough. Um, I grew up in a short town. I grew up with a lot of Italians and... Uh, <laughs> Like my like, I hate when people go. You're tall, but I mean, your prom date was taller than you, right? I'm like, well, he fucking wasn't. So thanks, you know. <laughs> he actually had a growth spurt after. But the point is, um, I feel like I I got over it so young because it was like, okay, there's four boys in your class that are taller than you, <laughs> and then there's everybody else. And do you like? Are you gonna have that thing? And it all is, and I think this is true for everything. It's like people like how other people make them feel. Mm. So if you're shorter than me and you make me feel like I'm some big fucking giant, I'm like, get out of my face, dude, right? But the truth is I think short men are actually more appreciative of tall women oh, fuck yeah. and are less insecure dating a tall woman because they're used to not being the tallest. Yeah. So like one more person's taller than them, they're like, okay. All right, that's such know? a good way of explaining it because I feel like all of the like shorter men I dated were like, yes, we love you. Even though, and even though you're like, yeah, whatever you want, you're like, please don't worry about it. I just think it's a, I think it's a security on both people's. I think, I think uh, being secure is the most attractive thing for either sex. Mm. Right. And I think... If you're a shorter guy with a tall with a taller woman, you're pretty secure. And then the shorter woman with a shorter shorter taller woman with a shorter guy, you're pretty secure. Yeah. And I think that's good as long as you're just secure. Also, I love to see tallies and tallies and shorties shorties together. That's always really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, with uh, regardless of how tall you are, I'm like the height thing is such a thing you cannot control no. by any means. That women that are like, I need a guy who's I'm like, shut up. When people shut say, up, when dude. women say it's a prerequisite, they're like, I can't, I will not. I would would rather die than date someone who's yeah. shorter than six two. I'm like the fuck. Are no. Priorities? Wait, what, wait. Am I allowed to be dirty on the spot? Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Shorter dudes are better in bed, hands down. Yes, yeah, so much <laughs> better. <Absolutely> hands down. <laughs> hands down. I guess like, medium any dude that's guys been six five, six six <laughs> is usually not great, unless unless they were a nerd that never got girls. Or I once had sex with a guy six eight. Was on the basketball team, rode the bench. You know how bad you got to be to be 6'8 and ride the bench? <laughs> All right? That dude was great. But he never had, like, the glory of sports, you know? <laughs> so that's the only loophole to the tall man, I'll say. But uh, in general, dudes that were, like, around my size shorter were significantly better. The effort, mate. The effort yeah, that they, they put in. It was crazy. They care. Absolutely crazy. Okay, yeah. so. <laughs> we're and talking about intentional dating, um, being single. Okay. How... How do you, at what stage do you feel comfortable telling somebody about your diagnosis with herpes? Oh, yeah, having herpes. Um, you know, I used to be so nervous, and I feel like this is everyone that gets diagnosed. You're so nervous going on your first couple of dates because all you think is, how am I going to tell this person that I have herpes, right? <laughs> or when? And that's why I tell people that get it, I'm like, listen, unless your mental health really is like so low where you need like to talk to a therapist and get some professional help go on dates because there was nothing better than going on dates and me realizing, Oh, I just didn't like that guy. <laughs> and I had this worry about telling him herpes and we're, we're, we're nowhere near mm-hmm. there. That was zero to a hundred. Right? right. I think what's hard is when you get herpes, you feel like the hookup culture gets taken away from you, mm. which it doesn't, but that's the part I think that feels hard. And I was 25. So it was like, Oh shit. Now there's this obstacle where like, I said earlier, the power of women can fuck whenever they want <laughs> suddenly felt like it got taken away from me. It's like, yeah. you can, but ethically you need to tell people you have herpes and you're essentially handing people a reason to reject you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's also very scary on that level. Um, but in general, it's like, 
I really don't think about it that much on the forefront of my mind. And even my friends that like weren't comedians or weren't public about it that have herpes, same thing. They'd always look at me and say, oh, you're just so new into having this. And all it's going to take is like, you find people that really don't care and are cool but about it. Isn't it more common than people think? It's so common. Yeah, it's I actually like it's not, very common. <laughs> so it's like, I'll give you a quick rundown of like three big myths about herpes. Number one myth I'd say is, if you sleep with someone that has herpes, that means you automatically get herpes. Absolutely not the case unless there's an active outbreak happening. Number two, herpes is not included in routine STD, STD tests or STI tests, excuse me. So if you go to get an STI test and blood is not drawn, you are absolutely not being tested for herpes. If you get an HIV test in addition to your um, STI test, usually it is included, but often doctors do not tell you because HSV-1 is also what cold sores are. I have that. Right? Yeah. So usually when people read it, they're like, oh, you have cold sores. Because med school herpes day is like five fucking minutes. <laughs> and they say, this is oral herpes, this is uh, you know genital herpes. And the truth is, you can get both in either place. Yeah, so, so I have type 1 genitally. So I technically have cold sores on my vagina. Right. So that's the third myth I tell people is herpes is cold sores. And everyone's like, no, it's different. And I say, no, no, it's not. It's the same thing. Read a fucking book. Right. So a lot of times like people not being okay with it is more just the education of it. And that's more the thing that shocks me when I tell people is like, I'm only had a few people react poorly, but it was all their reaction. I was like, oh, buddy, you got you have so much wrong Mm -hmm. information Mm -hmm. here. Like I had a man freak out on me like because we made out and I didn't tell him. And I told him later. And I was like, you don't have it. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't. But it was so far out of the league. I was like, uh, dude, I'm Which not. probably turned you off on the stupidity. Yeah, I just was like, and he worked at a health insurance company. I was like, I know you know some doctors, man, or something. Like, fucking ask around at the company you work with. Like, you probably have the stats of how many people are on Valtrex that are on your <laughs> fucking insurance or whatever. Um, but yeah, it is really, really common. I forget, sorry, what the original question was. I'm like, did I steer away oh, from like, that? No, you, 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 you didn't. Basically just like, at what stage do you, would oh, you stage. tell uh, someone? It's just when you decide that you would like to be physical with them mm-hmm. on like has a there super ever, physical level. Has there ever been a situation where it was going so well, where you were like, I really, really, this, this is going mm-hmm. so well. And then you told them that and it kind of ruined it. Um, yeah, in the sense that we didn't continue to date, mm. but it wasn't immediate because I think for a lot of people, especially when I was young, I was the very first person they ever met that was like, I have herpes. Mm-hmm. So you also add in a dating sense. And I have had a handful of men that rejected me. Then years later, reach out to me and say, Hey, not even years later, honestly, like one was like months later. They were like, Hey, um, I just went out with another girl who turns out she has herpes and just told me and they were like i'm so sorry i didn't realize how common it is mm. so there's something to being like sometimes you're just the first person that they've ever met in real life that's like i have herpes and it's a bit of a mind fuck because most people assume like someone who appears to be so promiscuous or maybe even yeah. dresses a certain way and stuff that is not true uh they think like oh i'll know who has herpes and who doesn't and it's like <laughs> Well, the, no. this, the misconceptions around it and also just like the heavy, heavy stigma around any kind of STD or STI yeah. is shoved in our throats when we're younger. It's, it's to horrific. not get it. It's horrific to get this. Don't, this is why you have to have safe sex, X, Y, and Z. But it doesn't mean that you, you've contracted it by not having safe sex. Like you said, there's so many misconceptions mm. surrounding it. Um, but I think, honestly, I think it's so fantastic because you could have not spoken about it publicly, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. You could have decided to keep that within yourself and then told the appropriate people as the, the times mm-hmm. advice. So I think... The fact that you you are the type of people who, when by having these conversations, makes it so much less scary and affronting mm-hmm. for people, right? Yeah, and it's 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 just it's <laughs> sorry, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's um it's just so interesting how like different countries as well really uh, react with herpes. Like so many places are just like 
people are openly like, oh yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable today. My herpes is having a little flare up. Like it's so casual. Like, oh. it, like so sometimes when people are like, I have herpes, what should I do? I'm like, honestly, if you find Europeans, date them. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. And I feel like if, once you get older, it has to be a lot easier anyway because if you're trying to be with one person, yeah, like if if one of it's us had it, like I don't younger. really care because I'm only gonna be with you. Mm-hmm. So like, well, well sure. you do. You got you got the you've got it instead of here. You've got it up here. Yeah. yeah. So when I was I think I was uh, 26, I went for a STI test and blood test, and so I went to urgent care, and they called me like in the middle of work, and they said, "I just want to let you know, like you have herpes," oh. and I was like, "What the." F- Fuck. I was like, right? shit. So Again, like my whole reaction, yeah, my whole day oh, was I mean, just I like cried when I, I looked up all these, all these articles, and I was like, oh, Derek Jeta has herpes. Okay, I'm with Derek Jeta. <laughs> this is great. And then, no, immediately I googled celebrities yeah. that have herpes, bro. And then, I immediately did. did. Really? And that's why Derek Jeter sends his gift basket to everybody. Yeah, his, his he little... doesn't want to use condoms. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, the condoms don't really protect you from it that much. By the way, Heads see up. another. But another then I, I went Heads to the up. urologist and. I was like, yeah, like, can you help me with this? And he he did like an actual thorough test. He was like, yeah, you have cold sores. I don't know why. Yeah. The urgent care told you that. Well, the HB, like, because if it just shows up in the blood tests. Yeah, but the like, way they approached the me, I was I know, just like, why would you do the that? The education on it literally varies even from doctors because I've had friends that have doctors that told them, well, you don't really have to tell people about this. And they're like, yeah. isn't that unethical? And doctors are like, no, because you're actually less likely to get it from someone who knows they have it, which that is true. Mm hmm. But there's almost this weird thing where sometimes doctors are like, I mean, I just wouldn't tell anyone. Like, the risk <laughs> yeah. is so low. That's like, live wild. your life. And we're at the same time, even men I've been with that then are like, you know, they're like, hey, I hope you're not offended, but I went and got a herpes test. I'm like, no, I'm not offended at all. <laughs> but they said they had to push to get the test. The doctor was like, eh, like, wouldn't you rather not know? <laughs> yeah. Because now it's like an obstacle you have to navigate in like the sexual world. But it, I 100% agree. Like, dating as I've been older really has not been an issue with it because. I, I'm also sitting there being like, yeah, I, the relationship I get in next, I would like it to be a serious relationship mm-hmm. with the idea that it's going towards like the rest of my life. Right? right. So, but at 25, it's like, ah, we're in fun land and we're invincible. And, yeah. and I think like you, you know? said, people, people, it's like COVID, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm in the city. I'm going to sleep with all these people. And then I'm going to, I'm going to spread it throughout the city. Yeah. And it's just like, no, it's not yeah. like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. But it's like, Everybody, everybody has it, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I keep my spiel so kind of short and sweet because I just remind myself, like, I don't know what people know about it. Mm-hmm. And I've found, I'm a numbers person, but I've found people don't really like to hear numbers on yeah. it. Yeah. Like the way condoms, what's the percent of condoms you can get pregnant? Like 2%, 1%, mm. right? So I remember one time I was like, well, listen, I'm on meds. And if we use a condom, the percent chance of you getting herpes for men is 1%. Also, unfortunately, women, we have a higher chance of having it because it's a skin thing God and we have vaginas. more surface area. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> um, I've gotten in trouble. People are like, that percent's not true. I'm like, well, it's true for men, which is who I date. So <laughs> I'll never forget being like, so the percent chance you have of getting herpes is the same percent chance I have of getting pregnant. So <laughs> even Steven, and all they heard was, there is a chance. <laughs> you know, like that's all people hear God, in their mind. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe there's a chance. We can't have sex. I'm like, bro, we're taking pregnancy risk every day. I was about to say, we're taking the pregnancy like risk every time. I've never thought about that correlation with each other, but it's so fucking You know, true. but it's so funny that I'm like, yeah, man, me on the pill, still a percent chance. Still a percent <laughs> still chance. Yeah. Condom, still pill, a chance. Condom, still can do it. Right? That's awesome. Um, so. But think, yeah, thank you so much for talking about it and being open Oh yeah. It just, like I said, it stigmatizes it, allows people to have open and honest conversations about it. And, and it weeds out the weak. It does. Well, it weeds out the, the people who are uninvolved. Like, yeah. like come off it. Like, this, yeah. this is a part of life. Like you said, more people than we <laughs> care to admit 
are dealing yeah. with STDs, SDIs, and it's just a normal place of life. I think it's everything. Not, not even like STDs or SCIs. It's just like depression, anxiety. Yeah. Like people, people deal with shit, and if you just talk about it, it's not that bad. I like you just need more people to talk to about it. That's it. Yeah, I more had the lens like I would rather tell everyone than like people find out and it's like a whisper thing. And part of that had to do with comedy and being in entertainment where yeah. I was like, entertainment in America loves to build people up and then tear them the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's imagine my career goes the way I want it to go. I'm like, okay, there's men I've dated that I've told I had herpes. So people know there are people in the world that know. <laughs> yeah. And all it takes is one person talking to one fucking tabloid. And all of a sudden it's like comedian, Erica Spira. Has oh my herpes. God. And now I'm like, is that your but man like voice? You beat him to it. That's like my old like 1920s news customer. That was good. Oh my okay. god. Oh my god. Um, all right. So She's, a <laughs> She's a whore. She's a whore. I'm not gonna be able to stop speaking like that all night now. Thank you. Um, all right. So I think to wrap this up, we're gonna do a couple of rapid fire questions, mm. right? I love um, it. Comedy club or outdoor venue? What's the outdoor venue for? I don't sorry. know. Like it's a comedy. Like you're doing comedy. Oh, I mean comedy club comedy for club? sure. If it's 100%. comedy, yeah. Favorite New York date night spot. Date night Favorite spot? New York date night spot, yeah. Oh, I fucking love an ice cream date, man. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'd go for Van Leeuwen near um, the west side, walk along the water. Delicious. I saw Big Ice Cream's not there anymore in the West it's Village. Not? No. Oh, I think it's still around. Um, They're still gay. <laughs> <laughs> favorite way to unwind after a stand-up show? Oh, uh, taking an edible, watching TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite stand-up comedian, obviously besides yourself. Oh, uh, Brian Regan is my kind of favorite of all time. Really? I'm yeah, his early him. specials are amazing. I'm like close second is probably. Uh, I actually want to say Daniel Tosh because I feel like really? nobody says him, and he's so fucking good. He is pretty fucking funny. He's so fucking lie. good. Um, what is what's the last thing that made you burst into laughter? Oh my god, I picked up one of those Colleen Hoover books that I have actively shit on, but I've never read one. <laughs> and the back was literally like, sometimes the people you love the most hurt you the most. And I was like, this book is a fucking joke. <laughs> and I started reading it and I just, I was with my friend on the beach and I started reading her parts from it. And I, we, I've never laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> it's a terrible book. Uh, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not podcasting or performing? Uh, eating for sure. <laughs> favorite food? All time? Uh, veal piccata is pretty hard to beat. That's one of my favorites, but it's like, you if can't you eat it all the time. Yeah. Um, what's one thing on your bucket list you're determined to check off? Uh, my first thought was like, get married. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, if I got married one day, that'd be very nice. Or like had a baby. Um, but like in terms of like things that have nothing to do with love. Uh, <laughs> Greatest yeah. answer of all time. I'm like, that's, that's the honest truth. I'm like, I could go to fucking Europe whenever I want. I got a credit card, but like, you know, I ever, I got goal, global entry. Fucking stop me. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like, that's the honest truth. I know, it's incredible. Uh, I feel like my latest, I'm a traveler. My latest is I really want to do a trip to uh, Japan. Oh, I've been wanting to go to I've Japan been, for yeah. such a long time. See, but now living in LA, I'm like, hey, mm. now that you're here, it's, a, it's like five hours shorter to get to. So, so much closer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, get me. I'll take getting married over <laughs> Japan. I fucking love that. Finding, finding someone to be in love with, that'd be nice. It's so good. All right, and to end, what is one quote that you live by? One statement, one quote. Oh, this is so contradictory to what I just said. Um, <laughs> this is such a, this might feel heavy critical, but uh, I believe it's a Lady Gaga quote. Um, it's if you ever are either choosing to follow a man or follow your dreams, just know that your dreams are never going to wake up in the morning and tell you it doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> 
And that is very contradicting to what I just said. And you know, maybe that was more what I followed in my 20s. Uh, now that I'm older, I'm like, you know, sometimes you couldn't move across the country for love. You know what I mean? Like, I get it a little more. Uh, actually, even more so, this is even more so. Uh, a quote I love, I don't know who said it. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. Mm. Well, that, is, that. that is very much how I live my life. I really like that. Yeah. I feel like you'd really like that too. Yeah, it's nice. Right? So they're like, hey, you're not on board with what I'm doing. Fucking or get follow, out of the way. Yeah, well, follow me and get the Go over there. Or do or, your own fucking thing. Go and over there. <laughs> well, I have to say, this being our first new episode of First Rounds on Me, you've been not only the perfect <laughs> guest to help us transition, oh, thank you. but literally you've put me on the hot seat and humbled <laughs> me. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, and made us absolutely piss Men, I just have to say, I like the relationship <laughs> dynamic. Honestly, oh, I feel like male-female perspective is so way fun. smarter and more powerful than so me. Fun. But I have to say, like true. men out there, uh, I feel bad because like women are way ahead of us now in every sense. <laughs> so I guess we just have to take it. But uh, yeah, honestly, we yeah, adore is, having you on. Oh, thank you. We'd love to so come fun. to one of your shows if they're here. And Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll plug you, you know, guys. people. Also, are... just let the people know where, where they can find you and what you're doing. Um, I'm at Sperica on pretty much all platforms, which is S P E R I C A A. 